Father, we just want to thank you once again this morning. Father, it's the entrance of your word which brings light. And it's the unfolding of your word that makes us aware. And therefore this morning, unfold your word, teach us your ways, show us your paths. Father, prepare us, sanctify us, set us apart, wash us by the water of your word. Sanctify us and set us apart, O Lord Jesus, a little more this morning. And conform us, so that we can conform ourselves a little more in the way that we think to the image of Christ Jesus. Speak to our hearts, anoint us afresh in the speaking and the hearing of today's word. We thank you, we praise you, we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been looking at uh, preparing ourselves for the coming of the Lord. And we've been looking at First Thessalonians, uh, the book of Thessalonians. We're looking at chapter 5, 11 verses. We'll just go through them, review that, those verses, and then we'll go to today's word. But you brothers are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night, not of darkness. Therefore, let us not uh, sleep as others do. But let us watch and be sober, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that we, whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. And for the crux, if you will, of um, this passage is as to how one should have, what kind of an attitude one should possess uh, in an environment of peace and security apart from God. We are to realize that you are sons of light and sons of day, and that we are not of darkness of night. We looked at that. That we should be sober and uh, watchful, not asleep. That we should be guarding our hearts and our minds. And today, we need to realize that we are not objects of wrath, but salvation through Jesus. Therefore, this morning, we look at the final aspect of uh, verses 1 to 11. The fact that we are not objects of wrath. I think it's Osginus who said, contrast is the mother of clarity. Contrast is the mother of clarity. So if you want to understand if that we are not objects of wrath, uh, we should just look at the other side and see how one should uh, behave if we are objects of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So first we look at uh, a passage in the Bible which uh, talks about um, what what it means to be objects of wrath. Like for example, um, um, John the Baptist will say, um, he who has a son has life. He who does not have the son does not have life, but the wrath of God remains or abides upon him. So uh, we look at uh, the, 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 the attributes, if you will, of people who are objects of God's wrath. And then we'll just look at the contrast to see who is not 
the object of God's wrath, right? Ephesians chapter 2. And let's read those uh, verses, familiar passages again, but uh, always surprises, right? And you, and you, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and by nature were what? Children of wrath, just as the other. So, he's uh, describing, if you will, how a person who is a child of wrath looks like. So, he's let us look at the description in a little more detail. I mean, just to um, um, break it up uh, into different fragments so that we'll understand in clarity, in, um, more clearly. First, he says, you are all dead in trespasses and sins. Chachinavaram. <laughs> okay. We walked according to the course of this world. We were one in mind with the prince of the power of the air. According, the word for, the word accord means at one accord, meaning huh, you are having the same mindset as a prince of the power of the air. And then he says, the spirit that inspired all of us was the spirit of rebellion. That's the reason why we are called sons of disobedience. And how did we, how did he, how does he qualify a son of disobedience? We conducted ourselves in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. That is what we were. By nature, what? Children of wrath. Okay, that is our nature. This is how he is describing. So, if you look at the description of a person who is an object of God's wrath, and you just look at the contrast of it and you'll know, and for sure, we have to call constantly, keep examining ourselves, right? And like yesterday I was having a, a discussion with pastor and he was telling me, Vijay, I've gone to the mission field, 25 years into the mission field. Very rare to find people who have consistently remained on that course. I mean, it's remarkable. Who have consistently, constantly remained on that straight and narrow path. That is the reason why um, straight is the gate that leads to life. Right? And therefore he says in Luke's Gospel chapter 13, the disciples ask, will there be only a few who will be saved? He says, agonize to enter through the narrow gate. Because many will try. But only few will. It's like a funnel. Okay. Entry sabko aata hai, easy. But to pass through that is a funnel. <laughs> you know, in, in, uh, in India, we have an entrance exam. Getting admission in 12th grade is very easy. You pay some money to China. Sorry, it's Chaitanya Narayana. You'll get admission. But to get through IIT is a funnel. Okay. <laughs> Many will strive. Okay, the the percentage of rejection. I mean, if you will, how many people get accepted into an IIT, into an uh, into a, a course in IIT is about ten percent or five percent of the students who appear for the exam. So ninety five percent are rejects. In other words, if there are hundred people in a class who are preparing for an entrance exam, only five people will make it. Okay, look at look at the odds which are stacked against you. If you think that entering into an earthly institution is so difficult, do you think heavenly institution is very easy? You see, we have very <laughs> uh, distorted 
views about uh, who God is, right? So, we need to understand what it is there for, who we were, and then if that is what an object of wrath is, what God has done, are, are we indeed that in our behavior? Is something which we need to constantly examine. Otherwise, we'll just be deceiving ourselves and fooling ourselves, right? First, he says, we, we were people who were dead in trespasses and sins. What were we? We were dead in trespasses and sins. One man of God calls it, we were spiritual graveyards. We were not in a spiritual graveyard. We were spiritual graveyards. <laughs> Understand that? Okay. I think it's Warren Beersby who says that. We, are, we were spiritual graveyards. That means dead in trespasses and sins. Absolutely, there's no, what we call, uh, instinct at all inside of us to respond to spiritual stimuli. Hmm? Look at how Jesus uh, describes a spiritual grave. Hmm? Matthew chapter 23, verse 27. Woe to you, scribes. What is a, who's a scribe? Person who's grammatically, syntactically correct. Pharisee. Who's what? You know, Paul says, I was a Pharisee of Pharisees in as far as the righteousness corresponds to the law is concerned. What, what was I? I was blameless. So when we talk about Pharisees, don't look at them lightly. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? He says, Hypocrites, look at what he says, for you are whitewashed tombs. Not, you are not living in a whitewashed tomb. You are whitewashed. How do you appear? Which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of, actually the word mens is in italics. What does it mean therefore? You are full of dead bones. All, not uncleanness, all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. You see, that is what a graveyard is. I mean, spiritual graveyard. What are you? You are dead in your trespasses and sins, and you don't even realize it. Understand? You are separated from the life of God. And, 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 in fact, other translations, I mean, in other places he says, he doesn't say, you're just not even dead in trespasses and since you are brood of vipers, you are the offspring of, of snakes, in other words. Hmm? And look at how another translation, uh, 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 verse in the new, new covenant describes spiritual graveyard. Hmm? What do that give? You know, whenever we go to graveyards, what are we careful of in, in India? Open graves? Snakes, thank you. <laughs> In India, we're scared of snakes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, if you go to US and Canada, Baba, graveyard is like a, a museum. You have cherubim, two cherubim like this on uh, on a graveyard. And it's, I, I should have actually taken a video of a graveyard which was close to my apartment where, where I was staying in Montreal. Boy! They are decorated. I mean, to get have a burial in, in North America, $10,000 for a burial. Yeah. The tombs are just magnificent. Okay. 
And look at what, how Jesus, or rather, uh, the, uh, the prophet Isaiah describes a person who's separated, who's a spiritual graveyard. How does he actually look like? Who's separated from the life of God. Look at how, how he describes him. 59.2. But your iniquities have, what? Separated you from God. Meaning, you're dead in your trespasses and sins. Separation from God is actually death. Spiritual death. So, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that you will not hear. Meaning, even though I speak spiritual things, you do not have the spirituals. I mean, you cannot respond to spiritual stimuli. You are absolutely dead. So, how do you know whether you are dead or not? You cannot respond to spiritual stimuli. You cannot respond to the word of God. You are dead. The word can come powerfully, but you will continue the way that you are living. Doesn't matter. That is the reason why Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And they thought it was a fantastic parable. Only the disciples asked for the meaning because they wanted to know. Hmm? So that you will not hear. For your hands are defiled, but your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. And look at what it says. No one calls for justice. No one. Nor does anyone plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil, bring forth iniquity. And look at what it says. They hatch vipers eggs. What did I say? When you go to a graveyard in India, you should be careful about what? Snakes. They hatch vipers eggs. And they weave a spider's web. Two things you are scared of, right? At least children are. He who eats of their eggs dies. <laughs> and from that which is crushed, what comes out? Viper. My goodness. Their webs will not become garments. How many of you have taken the silk from spider's web? Nobody can do it. Impossible. You cannot make silk garments out of spider's web. Nor will they cover themselves with their works. You know, they have a lot of works. But you know what he's saying? You cannot cover yourself. You are absolutely naked in as far as the spiritual realm is concerned. And I know what you truly are. You are a viper. You're a snake. You're pretending. Hypocrisy. Romans will talk about. So what happens? It's a whitewashed tomb. But if you have an open tomb, it'll stink. So let us look at an open tomb. How does an open tomb look like? Okay, let us remove the whitewash. Let us break the <laughs> grave and see what is inside. <laughs> okay, as, as you, what is what is there? What is lying inside? No, look at what it says in Romans chapter three. Paul actually summarizes the entire new covenant and look at what he says in uh, old covenant in uh, Romans chapter three. This is what he says uh, in uh, Romans chapter three. Their throat is an open grave. The moment they open <laughs> their mouth, what comes out? Kampu <laughs> stench. With their tongues, they practice deceit. I, it's interesting, isn't it? That means, you know, there's a saying in Telugu, Sadhanamuna panulu samakuru dharalona. Meaning, if you practice, practice, you're, you're so perfect in, in lying. You are so perfect in lying, you believe you're lying. That's how perfect you are. 
the poison of asps is where? On your lips. Now, lips are the most sensitive part of your mouth, is the most sensitive, and you generally use your lips to express love and, and, and affection. You know, greet each other with a holy kiss. Yeah, okay, holy kiss. No, we're not allowed to do that in our church because we do not know how many <laughs> holy lips are there. You see, poison of asps is in there. Is under their lips. Okay. And what happens? Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. You see, one of the things you need to understand, no? just wait for some people to talk. If they can't give you anything positive in 15 minutes, you'll know. Bitter, 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 bitter. The word for bitter, of course, in, in, in Hebrew is Mara, from which we get the word rebellion. Okay. The feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their, in their ways. Meaning, if you go <laughs> along their path, you will become more miserable. And they have, and the way of peace, they have not known. And what is not there before them? The fear of God is not in there. In other words, they never factor God in any decision that they make. Why? Because they are dead in what? Trespasses and sins. You are what? Spiritual graveyards. Hmm? That is the reason why Jesus will say in Matthew chapter 12, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? When you open your mouth, what comes out? Open grave, no. You cannot speak good things. It's impossible. For out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart. That's the reason why the word for treasure is very interesting in, in, the, in, the, in the Greek, which we can, it comes from the Greek word thesaurus. Okay, you know what a thesaurus is, right? Okay, a thesaurus. Okay, we have this treasure. In earthen vessels, says Paul, we are being beaten from every side. But what is coming out of our mouth is what? Treasure from heaven. You know why? Because we have the life of Christ inside of us. So you can beat us, you can persecute us, you can cause all kinds of harm to come out of uh, uh, towards us. But what comes out of our mouth when all these things are happening to us is not, nothing but what? Good treasure. See, that is the reason why pastor says, right, when you push me, what, 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 what is coming out of this? Some chai will come out, okay. But you say, why is the chai coming out? Not because you pushed, because it's there. A good treasure. So, that is what a life, who's a, I mean, a person who's an open grave looks like. A description of an open grave. Or rather, a spiritual graveyard, if you will. But I say to you, that every idle word men may speak, they will give an account. That means what? They don't have the fear of God before their eyes. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. My goodness, if you know these, uh, this truth, how careful we'll be with our words, no? That is the reason why. Let your yes be yes, and let your no be a no. Every other thing comes from the evil one. Mm-hmm. So Ephesians chapter 2 will say, we were dead, but what did God do to us? But God who is rich in mercy because his, his, of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, what did he do? He made us alive. Now what does it mean? Does it mean that we will never become people who will sin and trespass? No. 
Now what has happened? We have become a people who are sensitive to sin and trespass in our own life. And we want to overcome that. That is what we are talking about. Right? Those times we didn't have the fear of the Lord. Meaning, we said anything, we thought we'll get away with it. We had absolutely no clue. Right? So that is what we call as uh, right, uh, fleeing from the wrath to come. That is the reason why what, that is basically the birthing point of what we call as repentance. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 3. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to him, brood of vipers, who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You see, that's what Augustine said, right? There are only two ways for any, for any man. Either he's running towards God or running away from God. Either he's running towards the wrath of God and running away from the mercy of God or he's running away from the wrath of God towards the mercy of God. From God to God, no escape. <laughs> you are you, you are absolutely caught between these two. So what is what does repentance do? Repentance, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. It first of all, what we call as it... Uh, um, Quickens your senses, your spiritual senses. Now you begin to respond to spiritual stimuli. You are dead meaning what? Doesn't matter how much of CPR I do to you, you are not, you are not going to respond to it. Now what is going to happen now? The moment you are alive, you are made alive, your senses have been awakened. Look at what it says in Second Timothy chapter 2. Very familiar passage for all of us. In humility, correcting those who are in opposition. I like that word. <laughs> who are in opposition to whom? To themselves. <laughs> to themselves. I, I, you know, when I realized that truth in my life, when I started reading and I studied this carefully, people are actually opposing themselves. When they don't obey the, 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 the laws of God, the law which God has, has, has created. I mean, He made this entire world with a spiritual law. There is a spiritual law. And if you do not obey the spiritual law, what are you opposing? You are opposing yourself. You jump off the building, you will not prove that gravity doesn't exist. You will actually confirm the existence of gravity. I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. Okay. When I was in, uh, one university, I had a tutorial. Students in my class, no? They were looking at, sir, this equation, this equation, this equation. I said, you know what? We are forgetting one thing over here. There's gravity. You're forgetting gravity. Okay. <laughs> so what is happening? In humility, correcting those who are in opposition to themselves. They, they think that by opposing God, they are doing a great thing. Actually, they are opposing themselves. If God will perhaps grant them what? Repentance so that they may know the truth. Actually, other translations will use the word, uh, come to their senses. I don't know where it is. Mm. 26. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, that they may come to their senses. 26. And that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. What were we? We were all brood of vipers. We are doing his will. Now, what, what are we, what are, what, uh, you know, uh, there's a, there's a verse in, um, Ephesians, if I'm right. He says, he is doing everything according to the purpose of his will. That means the will of God has a purpose. So when he implements his will, what is he, what is he accomplishing? His purpose. Okay. The will of man, if it is in accordance with the will of God, will accomplish the, will accomplish the purposes of God. Here he says, 
you've been given taken captive by the devil to do his will and what has happened the moment you brought to repentance what has happened you've been quickened in your senses now you begin to hear you begin to that is the reason why we sing in psalm 51 cast me not away from your presence oh god but you know he says make me to hear joy and gladness because i lost my hearing make me to hear joy and gladness i lost my sense of hearing it's gone and it's quite possible for even believers to become dull of hearing right we'll see that in the story of uh, the prodigal son luke's gospel chapter 15 but when he came to his senses it says in 17 there was 17 this is the niv translation he said how many of my father's hired servants suddenly the real the realization came when he was absolutely against the uh, the the rules of the father in the in the home he was actually opposing himself he came to realization and he says you know what he came to his senses he says how many of my father's hired servants have food and then he goes on. We know this very well. Look at what it says. Uh, father, how he uh, responds. Verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his finger, and sandals on his feet, etc. Kill the fatted calf. And verse 24. For this son of mine was dead. And is alive. You see that? We were all dead in our trespasses and sins. And what has happened now? He has been made alive. How did he make, how, how, how do we know that he made, well, he was made alive? He came to his senses and he began what we call as a process of repenting. Repentance. God made us alive. And how do we know that we are people who have been made alive? We have a lifestyle of repentance. We respond to the truth of the word of God and we, we make changes accordingly. First Peter chapter 1 will say, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has begotten us again. Look at that. We have been made alive. How? To a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Okay. Then again, verse 23. Having been born again, not of corruptible seed. This is how we were made alive. Okay. We've been made alive. And how is it the process start? We came to our senses started repenting and now we go on repenting for the rest of our lives and repentance becomes deeper deeper that is the reason why he says he who hears my word and obeys it i will liken him to a man who builds first of all he dug deep it says right in luke's gospel chapter 6 he says he dugs digs deep and then he lays the foundation and he builds the house upon the rock and the floods came and the rains came that repentance becomes deeper and deeper you know the contrast is here that time we were dead now we've been made alive how do we know that we made alive we respond to the word of god and we start repenting if you're not repenting somewhere stagnation has happened and death has come okay we have a reputation that we are alive, but we are <laughs> dead, it says in Revelation. James chapter 1 verse 18. Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. A kind of first fruit. Who is the first fruit of his creatures? Jesus Christ. And we become, we begin to become like him. And how do we know that we are born again? We are people who are sinning and we're dead in our trespasses and sins and now if you are genuinely born again what happens in 1 john chapter 3 look at what it says 1 john chapter 3 verse 7 little children let no one deceive you he who practices righteousness 
is righteousness. Is righteous just as he is righteous. That that guy, what was he doing? He was practicing deception. Now, what are you doing? You're practicing righteousness. That means you are saying, Lord, my life is a life of practicing righteousness every day. And what happens in what is what do you do in practice? You do the same thing over and over and over again until it becomes habit. That is what practice is. Practice, 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 make it permanent. Yeah. Not perfect. Permanent. It becomes a nature. Because we are all people of habit. <laughs> okay. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And what is the, what is the work of the devil? To cause you to sin. Right? Whoever has been born of God, therefore, does not sin. I mean, other, other translation will use, uh, will not go on sinning, which is more uh, scary. Does not sin is scary. Okay, so we'll stick to NKJV in this translation. For his seed remains him. And that, that seed is very powerful. You see, uh, you'll, you'll see that uh, in many places, right? You see a very hard rock. But in that hard rock, there could be some seed which is left. Over a period of time, what happens? That seed grows and slowly the, the tree comes out. And what does it do? It breaks the rock. It breaks it. Have you seen that? In many places, it breaks the rock. It breaks the concrete. It breaks the grave sometimes. And it comes out of the grave. It makes, it opens the crack because in that seed is a power. And in each one of us, what is there? We have the DNA of God, the power of God resting in us in seed forms. Therefore, what happens over a period of time, even as we allow the word of God and the spirit of God to mentor us and to teach us, we become free from sin for his seed remains on him and he cannot sin. The word for cannot is interesting. He is powerless to sin. Adunami. Because he has been born of God. You are dead in your trespasses and sins. Now because you have been made alive and you have become a person who is practicing a lifestyle of repentance, what is happening? You do not want to sin and you are becoming sensitive to sin in your life. Okay, Understand that. You will, you will make a lot of mistakes. Okay, You will commit a lot of sins. Let us not call it mistake. But we become sensitive to it. Very sensitive. One word out of turn when we speak, the Holy Spirit will come and convict you. If it is not happening, what are you? You are dead. If it is happening, you are alive. Okay? Understood? Therefore, whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness. So therefore, what is, what is sin? the person who has been born of, born, of, born of God does not sin. But you need to understand what is sin. Sin is lawlessness. That means if you break the law of God, you sin. Another place which we become more sensitive to is, what this is what we call a sin of commission. There's something called a sin of omission. James chapter 4 verse 17 will say, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is sin. You become sensitive to that as well. Actually, believers are in danger of this more than the sin of commission. The sin of omission is more dangerous. I'll tell you something now. So many believers are so afraid to make mistakes that they do nothing. They do nothing ultimately. They will never step out. 
and they have to be reminded okay. who has to remind them mordecai has to remind them you want to see that Esther chapter 4, <laughs> look at what it says. When Mordecai learned all that has happened, he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and, sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud voice and a bitter cry. He went as far as the front of king's gate for no one might uh, enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, what happened? There was mourning, great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and wailing and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. So what happened? So Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her and the queen was deeply distressed. She has no idea what was going on. Why? Nicely protected in a palace. Why was she taken to the palace? Because she was beautiful. Right? Beauty is good. Beauty is not bad. Why? Because God gave that beauty to Esther so that he could, she could be attracted, more attractive than the others to the, to the king and therefore he made her queen. But what happened here? So Esther's maid and eunuchs came and told her and the queen was deeply distressed. Was, was she deeply distressed because she heard the decree? No. She was living in a bubble. And what happens? Then she sent garments to Mordecai. Oh, yo, you don't have, uh, paisa to buy clothes. Take, take some garments. You know what Mordecai said? <laughs> it is not because I don't have money to buy clothes. You have no idea what is going on. You are nicely staying in your bubble and have no idea what is going on. And if you do not do what you are supposed to do, what, is, what will happen to you? It will become what? Sin. But you know what? How Mordecai places uh, his arguments is very interesting. Okay. So Esther called Hatak, one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to hear, to, at, uh, to attend her. And she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. So Hatak went out to Mordecai in the city square that was in front of the king's gate and Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews because Jews were getting a lot of money. Wherever they go, they become prosperous, by the way. And when the decree was passed that uh, these, these people should be destroyed and the king said, Hey Baba, they get a lot of money. Don't worry. I'll pay that money. 10,000 talents. Take it. I will replace that into a treasury. And what happened? He also gave him a copy of the written decree and the, of the destruction which was given in Sushan that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her that he might command her to go into the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for his people, for her people. So Hatak returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. Look at what, how Esther responds. This is what happens when you get too comfortable and take a vacation. Hmm? Then Esther spoke to Hatak and gave him a command for Mordecai. All the king's servants and the people of king's provinces know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the king who has not been called, he has but one law to be put to death. Except the one whom the king holds out the uh, king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. No, look at what you know what, what she was saying. And she says, yet I myself have not been called to go into the king's uh, into the king these 30 days. King called her one day. And for 30 days left her. How much your beauty gave you? One access. That's it. After that, over. 30 days, no more access. That is the reason why charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she is to be praised. So they told Mordecai Esther's words. And look at what Mordecai has to say. Powerful words. 
warning her of the sin of omission. And Mordecai told him, told them to answer Esther, do not think in your heart that you will escape the king's palace, in the king's palace, any more than the other Jews. Do not, do not think, but you are safe. For if you remain completely silent, at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. See, let me tell you something. No? The purposes are, of God are never stopped by individuals. Moses was, was prepared by God to bring the people out of the promise, out of Egypt into the promised land. Where the people, did the people enter into the promised land? Yes. Did Moses enter? No. To teach us one object lesson. What is the lesson? The lesson is this. If we do not bend ourselves to the purposes of God, God will find somebody else and fulfill his purpose. It's a very important thing. Individuals don't stop the will of God. <laughs> that is the reason why it says in, uh, in Revelation chapter 3, he, he wants the church in Philadelphia, the best church in Philadelphia. You know what he says? They do not let anybody, anybody what? Steal your crown. He's warning. The best church. One warning for you. All is good. Fantastic. I don't have anything negative to say about you. But one thing I want to tell you. Hold on to what you have. Lest somebody steal your crown. Meaning in heaven there will be a lot of people with your, with, with, with their crowns belonging to somebody else. Their name will be written on that other, on the other person's head. And they will have regret all eternity. The job which was for you was given to somebody else. You don't want to be like that, right? So he says, deliverance will come from the other people. But you and your household will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to this kingdom for such a time as you think your beauty is your is, is something that you have to be proud of. God gave you that beauty. He knit you together in your mother's womb so that one day God knew that he would send you to this, to this place and one day you would be so attractive that the king's eyes will be upon you. It is God who gave you that beauty. So never ever become proud of that beauty or the talent, whatever you have. Don't ever become proud of that. Samson was incredibly gifted but wasted ultimately whatever he had. Right? So, yet who knows for such a time as this. In other words, if you do not act now. So, if you are truly, truly made alive uh, uh, from, from being dead in your trespasses and sins, you know exactly what the will of God is for your life and you will not be slack in obeying. You will take risks. You know what it means? I rather die obeying God than perish by disobeying God. Because ultimately God will find somebody else. I remember, no? I told pastor, pastor, four months, pastor. Four months, I, I asked God and God said, don't say four months. What does it mean? I know the interpretation. I'm asking somebody else, what is that interpretation? He said, Vijay, if you reject the call of God now, God will find somebody else. And I'm being very competitive now. I said, no, 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 that should not happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I will obey, no. Somebody else you will find. Because the purposes of God will never stop because of individuals, individuals' disobedience. It is the, it is the, what do you say? It is the honor of the individual that he has, God has made you and I a part of his divine purpose. 
Never, ever, ever take it lightly. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. To whatever the calling is known. Doesn't matter what you're going through. If you give up now and say, forget it. It's too risky. It's too dangerous. Deliverance will come from somebody else. And the purposes of God will continue. But you will be put in the shelf and one day you will perish with the world. What is plan B for you? His only plan A. Plan B is, that's what he says, the pastor says, no? Uh, I think still so saying. Oh, plan B is hell. <laughs> plan B is hell. You'll be destroyed, Baba. If you don't obey. Okay. Don't obey. God gave Adam two jobs. Tend it, keep it. The, tent, the word for tend is very interesting. Abad. In other words, through the work that I gave you, serve me and worship me. Abad is to worship. Abad is to serve. And keep it. What is it? Guard the position, the, the inheritance that I gave you. It, the job of Adam was to guard. And what did he do? He allowed Satan to come. What was that? Sin of commission. And Adam did sin of commission. Together they became one. Okay. Esther chapter 4. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. Thank God she responded. Go. Look at this now. Till one point she was only taking instructions. Now what is she doing? She is giving instructions. I like that. <laughs> you know, word to people. I mean, you keep on taking instructions. You should become people who will give instructions. You will become people of action. Of course, under the umbrella of Mordecai, of course. You are under the covering of Mordecai. You are under, under, under the authority of Mordecai. That is, you are not just giving uh, instructions without being under authority. That is dangerous. Okay. He says, go gather all the Jews. I love that. Who are present in Sushan. Fast for me. And what will you do? <laughs> Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I also will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. No problem. Why? Because I've been made alive now. I know what my commission is. And I have to finish what God has committed into my hands. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. You see that? So we need to become men of action. We become men of action. We become people who will begin to obey and do the will of God. We'll come to that later on. Why? Because we've been made alive. There's a sin of commission and a sin of omission. Please, let us become sensitive, more sensitive to the sin of omission than the sin of commission. Amen? And again it says in Romans chapter 14 verse 23, for whatever is not from faith is sin. Whatever is not from faith is what? Sin. Whatever is not from faith. And how do you know that you have faith? I like this uh, verse in Matthew chapter 8. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. Verse 9. For I also am a man under authority. And you know what Jesus says? When Jesus heard it, <laughs> He marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faiths, not in Israel. What is great faith therefore? What is great faith? 
coming under authority. Another, another great faith. Matthew chapter 15. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him and saying, Lord, help me. And he, and he said, it is not good for to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. He called him Kukka. You know, what do we do to the dogs over here, especially me? Chichi! That's what I say. You also say Chichi? Okay. Uh, getting irritated. That fellow will sleep there as if I'm, I don't even exist. Out of this place. And what did he, what did she, what did, she, what did uh, Jesus call? Chichi! Kukka! Po! And literally like that. Chichi! Dog! Leave me! And you know what? Yes, Lord, even the little dogs <laughs> eat crumbs. Did she get offended? No. You know what true faith does? You don't get offended. Look at what it says. Jesus answered and said, Oh woman, great is your faith. Two Gentiles. <laughs> one under authority, one who not, did not get offended. John's Gospel chapter 6. We know this very well. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complain about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Okay. So we became people who are made alive. Meaning what? We come under authority and we get sometimes upset, but we don't get offended. We might get offended for a little while, but we overcome offense. Okay. Stumbling block. Offense is like a stumbling block, which causes you to stumble. It's a very interesting Greek word, scandalon. <laughs> okay, but we are willing to take a scandal for Jesus, in other words. Alright, amen? Let's move on. So first thing, we are people who are made alive. So we know how, how people who are made alive behave. They become sensitive to sin, especially the sin of, of, of omission. Then second it says, we were people who walked according to the course of this world. We were one in mind with the prince of the power of the air. What were we? We were one in mind. The word for course is very interesting. The word for course is age, the word eon, which means we were people who were trapped in this age and we are always concerned only about the things of this age. That is what our uh, earlier conduct was. People were trapped in this age. Look at what it says in Mark's Gospel chapter 4. This is the parable of the sower. Now these are the ones which uh, sown among thorns. They are the ones who heard the word. And then what it says in verse 19. The cares of this world. The word for world is very interesting. It's age. Okay. The deceitfulness of riches. And the desires for other things. What will happen? They enter in, choke the word and they become unfruitful. Why? Because they are trapped. And what are we? We are not trapped. We become, we bear fruit, especially the fruit of repentance, the fruit of light, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the spirit, etc. So many fruits. We looked at that so many times, right? The fruit of discipline. What is the fruit of discipline? Righteousness and pure, pure righteousness and holiness. Right? And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. What has happened? The cares of this world, they're trapped in the cage of this world, of this age. You talk to them and these are all not unbelievers, Baba. They're people who have gone to church and all they can talk about is 
the other day I just went somewhere out of town. One of my uncles, Vijay, got vaccinated? I said, no. Oh, what happened? Everybody's doing it. What has happened? Trapped. They have no idea. I mean, I'm not talking about unbelievers, okay? Unbelievers got vaccinated also, but they used a co-vaccin. These people did COVID shield. Interesting. Huh? Dr. Richard is smiling, huh? Look at what it says in 8 of Luke. Luke's Gospel, chapter 8. Now the ones that fell among thorns are those who, when they heard the word, go out and are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life. And they bring no fruit to maturity or perfection. KJV uses the word perfection. It means what? They don't complete. They start, they don't finish. Why? Because they are choked. That's what uh, Galatians says. Pastor was talking about it. He says, you ran well. What has happened to you now? Having begun in the spirit, do you want to become made, do you want to be made perfect in the flesh? You began well. What has happened to you? What has happened? The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the pleasures of this life choke the word and they do not bring fruit to maturity. That means, that means they start a lot of things, but they will never finish. In, in Andhra, they are saying, Andhrudu, Arambha Surudu. Meaning he starts, but he never finishes. It starts with great excitement. <laughs> so many believers are like that. They start with fantastic excitement. I know how they, how they were when they were born again. By, by the, the fire that they had, they used to preach to the, if, if, if possible, they could even evangelize to the rocks. They would evangelize rocks as well. I, know, I remember, no, one brother who was to be on fire every, every time he used to go into the bus. Or you said, you should, you should look for opportunities to, to, to preach the gospel. No. When you look at him now, you'll say, whether this fellow was really saved. The contrast of what he was and what he is now. On fire for God, but choked, trapped by this age. Revelation chapter 3. Look at what it says. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, these things says he who has seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works and you have a name that you are alive, but you are Dead. How do you know that you are dead? Look at what it says. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works. What? Perfect. You know what perfect means? You are not complete before God. You start a lot of things. Pastor and Sardis. Every project you start, (laughs) it stops after a while. You cannot remain consistent. You know why? Because you are trapped. By the cares... The deceitfulness of riches and the pleasures of this age, what do they do? They choke the word. And what are their minds? Their mind is on the things of this age. Their mind, they do the the works of the flesh and the desires of the flesh and of their mind. The lust of the flesh and the desires of the flesh and of their mind. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, this is what it says. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem, suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised on the third day. And then what did Peter say? Then Peter took him aside, began to rebuke him. What did he say? Far be it from you, Lord, that this should not happen to you. And he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Why? You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. You see, your mind, 
your mind is trapped and what is many many people are trapped with look at what it says in Luke's gospel chapter 20 Luke's gospel chapter 20 Jesus answered and said to them the sons of this age marry and are given in marriage but those who are counted worthy of that age what do they do they neither marry <laughs> nor are given in marriage it does not mean that you are not getting married that's not the point that means they are not concerned about the things of this age their mind is not on this on this age nor can they die anymore for they are equal to the angels and are sons of god being the sons of a resurrection that means what their mind is not on this age the mind is on the ages to come not just the age to come but the ages to come look at what it says again in luke's gospel chapter 17 and it and and as it was in the days of noah so it shall be in the days of the son of man they ate they drank they married wives and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, as it was in the days of Lord, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. So, Olex. How many people buy and sell on Olex now? So easy. You can sell anything in your house now. Anything. Just decorate it nicely and put it on Olex. Within few hours, you will get calls. One of my my uh, my folks now they they migrated to Canada. They put their car on OLX. Okay, by mistake, they quoted they were quoting twelve lakhs. My sister-in-law forgot one zero. One point two lakhs for a hexa. Not nano. Hexa. Nano is ten to the power of minus nine. Hexa is ten to the power of nine okay <laughs> so hexa is 10 to the power of nine okay hexa peta teragiga mega okay i think it's more than 10 to the power of nine right so 1.2 lakhs it was actually 12 lakhs 1.2 lakhs they quoted and you know how many calls she got night at one o'clock 130 115 people calling and saying and one final one finally one gentleman he pinged her and said madam i think the price is wrong and she went and saw the price. It was 1.2 lakhs. And she said, my goodness, I changed the, I just forgot one zero. What are people concerned about? They are always looking on Olex. Can you imagine how many people are looking at Olex? They are buying, busy buying and selling. You should see how, how people change cars these days. They are never satisfied. One car, two years, over. New model comes, forget it, buy another, buy another one. My parents, when they brought Baja Chetak, my dad, it ran for 25 years. Till the time it was retired. Finally, you know, somebody has to say, enough of riding Baja Chetak, please buy another one, please. But those days when they bought a car, they bought it for life. Maruti 800, my grand- grandparents ran it for 22 years. Finally, somebody said, Baba, we are tired of that. Please, can you replace it and find another one? What are we people? We cannot be satisfied. We we buy this and suddenly immediately another model comes. We are so discontent. We want to buy another model. We want to sell off this fellow and buy another one. I know people in people who are so busy on OLX. They are so busy on buying and selling and buying and selling and buying and selling all the time. Can you imagine people hawking on the ice? She got like hundreds of calls when she put that put that uh, price as 1.2 lakhs. Because everybody wanted it, obviously. 
right so they ate they drank they bought they sold they planted they built meaning their life was totally preoccupied by the life on this side of eternity that is the reason why when it talks about abraham by faith abraham he looked for a city whose builder and maker is god and therefore as a foreigner he wandered in the land of promise can you imagine he said even this promised land is not my land this is also temporary ultimately we will have new jerusalem and new earth this jerusalem will go away one fine day he looked at that and he said builder and maker is god meaning what a lifestyle which is completely preoccupied with buying and selling and making money i'm not against that I like two verses if you can read 104 proverbs in kjv it will be interesting mm-hmm. ah he becomes poor who deals with a slack hand mm. ah the hand of the diligent okay 1022 क्या बात है एंड ही एड्स नो इफ यू वॉन्ट टू बी मेड रिच वॉट शुड यू हैव देर फॉर एंड नो समी पीपल सम पीपल से वी नीड द ब्लेसिंग ऑफ गॉड समीपल से डेलीजेंस नो 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 वी नीड बोथ वी नीड टू बी डेलीजेंट एंड वी ऑल्सो नीड द ब्लेसिंग ऑफ द लॉर्ड बट पॉइंट ऑफ द ब्लेसिंग ऑफ द लॉर्ड द he who deals with a slack and slack and becomes poor but he who is diligent makes himself rich and also the blessing of the lord makes you rich but then something happens he adds what no sorrow to it you know why because whatever blessing you you get you don't hold on to it anymore you say this is this is not mine this is god's like paul says no i know how to be abound how to how to behave when i was when i'm fully prosperous and how to behave when i'm completely uh, with zero bank bank balance why because i always behave as if i have zero bank balance simple then what happens even if you lose money you will not feel bad about it you see that the blessing of god that means what his mind is not occupied if god has given you money he has given it for a purpose and i'm telling you honestly you should we should all pray so lord if i am dealing with a slack hand please tell me i want to be made rich so that one day i'll be a blessing to the king that is that is the reason why it says in ephesians he who stole should steal no more but he should work with his own hand so that he will have something to do what to give away so we should always keep these two things in balance okay slack hand will make you poor a diligent hand will make you rich but you should have a diligent hand and you should also have the blessing of god so that when the blessing of god and the diligent hand come together you will you will be made rich but god will add not he will add no sorrow to it because why those who desire to be rich it says in timothy first first timothy chapter 6 he says those who desire to be made rich what happens they pierce themselves through many sorrows okay they desire to be rich and their mind is totally occupied but god says no the blessing of god will make you rich and he who deals with a diligent hand also will be made rich but what happens when god blesses you he will have no sorrow to it meaning what you will not hold on to that blessing your your hand is always what you don't grasp it right 
you always have you hold everything with a, a loose hand he did not consider equality of god something to be what grasped it says he held on to it so loosely he was ready to give it up okay it says in philippians chapter 2 right so likewise as it was in the days of noah oh sorry days of lot they ate they drank they bought they sold they planted and they built and what happened if we are delivered from this age this is not what we do we okay we also build we also plant we also buy we also sell but our mind is not on this okay our mind i think it was i, I don't want to make mention names because they're all fms actually you know dale carnegie right not dale carnegie andrew carnegie andrew carnegie who started the carnegie mellon university yeah very hard working man and when he sold off his steel empire he sold it for 305 million dollars when before the depression and that is how he started carnegie mellon university okay people they had i'm talking about those people those days they had real values they were hard working people and they gave away all their money for starting institutions and bible colleges etc but of course they from they have people from scotland and you know people from scotland they are uh, they have some other vices as well likewise as it was in the days of lot they ate they drank they bought they sold they planted and they built that is okay but the mind is not there the people who are delivered from this age but on the day lot went out of sodom it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all even so it will be in the day when the son of man is revealed what will happen in that day he who is on the house top what should he do and his goods are in the house let him not come down okay <laughs> means hold on to things very loosely don't come down and likewise the one who is in the field let him not turn back why whom should he remember remember lot's wife whoever seeks to save his life will lose it whoever loses his life will preserve it meaning hold on to things on this life very loosely okay don't be trapped in this age don't be concerned with the things of this age use the things of this world that's what it says make for yourselves friends with what unrighteous mammon kya baat hai make for yourselves with unrighteous friends with unrighteous man and so that when you enter into the eternal everlasting dwelling what will you have you will have a rich welcome rich welcome invest your money into the souls of men into the preaching of the word of god into the gospel into the ministry okay so you need to have businessmen in the church and also we need to have pastors both these people are important why so that they can fund the ministry not that god's work is dependent upon money but money can be used by god for the for the for the for uh, for furthering the gospel yes luke's gospel chapter 21 but take heed to yourself lest your hearts be what what weighed down what what does weight do it pulls you down right it should be light it should be helium and not nitrogen i don't know which is more heavy okay be weighed down with carousing 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 okay drunkenness and the cares of this life and that day come upon you unexpectedly you see weighed down 
ಓಕೆ ಫಾರ್ ಇಟ್ ವಿಲ್ ಕಮ್ ಆಸ್ ಅ ಸ್ನೇರ್ ಆನ್ ಆಲ್ ದೋಸ್ ಹೂ ಡ್ವೆಲ್ ಆನ್ ದ ಫೇಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಹೋಲ್ ಅರ್ಥ್ ವಾಚ್ ದೇರ್ ಫಾರ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಪ್ರೇ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ದಟ್ ಯು ಮೇ ಬಿ ಕೌಂಟೆಡ್ ವರ್ದಿ ಟು ಎಸ್ಕೇಪ್ ಆಲ್ ದೀಸ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ ವಿಲ್ ಕಮ್ ಟು ಪಾಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಬಿಫೋರ್ ದ ಸನ್ ಆಫ್ ಮ್ಯಾನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ವೆನ್ ಡಸ್ ವೆನ್ ಡಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಹ್ಯಾಪನ್ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಡು ನಾಟ್ ಹೋಲ್ಡ್ ಆನ್ ಟು ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಬಟ್ ಯು ಹೋಲ್ಡ್ ಆನ್ ಟು ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಹೋಲ್ಡ್ ಆನ್ ಟು ದೆಮ್ ವೆರಿ ಲೂಸ್ಲಿ ಓಕೆ ಹೋಲ್ಡ್ ಆನ್ ಟು ಪ್ರಾಪರ್ಟಿ ಲೂಸ್ಲಿ ಡೋಂಟ್ ಫೈಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ಪ್ರಾಪರ್ಟಿ right don't fight for property wants to give give but if he doesn't want to give take it and go and you know how that kind of an attitude they'll be scared of you hebrews chapter 12 look at what it says therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside what every wait why what were they, what happened to them they were weighed down by drunkenness they were weighed down by the cares of this life and god says just forget about the weight be light travel light have a backpack all the time that is the reason why it says that abraham jacob and sorry abraham isaac and jacob where did they dwell they dwelt they dwelt in tents and what did lot do he built a house so hold on to things very lightly you know why those people are objects of wrath but we are not objects of wrath we've been delivered from this present evil age it says in galatians chapter 1 look at what it says we've been grace to you and peace from god the father and the lord jesus christ who has who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our god and father to whom be glory forever and ever what have we, what has happened to us we've been delivered from this evil age this age is evil this age is evil that is the reason why it says uh, with many words he exhorted them what did he exhort them be saved from this corrupt untoward evil generation how many words many words looks gospel you know looks says you know i can't, I can't even first for repenting only one repent for the kingdom of god is here that is only one verse but to escape from this corrupt many words many 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 words that is the reason why our church is a church which teaches you to escape this present age this age is evil age is evil come out of it don't be a part of this don't smell it get out of this place romans chapter 12 how do you do that therefore i urge you brothers and sisters by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice etc and verse 2 do not be conformed to this age again the word is age the word is eon not the other translation we will use the word world but the original translation says don't be conformed to this age don't be conformed to this age but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so the two things first we looked at we pe- we were people who were made alive who we who were dead in trespasses and sins we were made alive so how when we were made alive what happens we make it a practice of repenting okay right and then we make it a practice of understanding what sin is and doing the will of god second thing we are people who are escaping the object of we were not object of god's wrath so we are not trapped by this age we escape this present evil age and we put our minds on the age to come if you turn with me to first corinthians i forgot to put this first corinthians chapter 7 okay first corinthians chapter 7 you know this verse very well first corinthians chapter 7 several things paul mentions right first corinthians chapter 7 All right those people who are listening it for the very first time first corinthians chapter 7 and verse number yes verse 29 onwards 
know what it says? This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as those, as though they had none. And those who mourn as they were not mourning. And those who rejoice as they were not rejoicing. And those who buy as though they had no goods. And those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. For the present form of this age or this world is passing away. You see that? So don't hold on to it. Because this world is destined for destruction. And we are not objects of wrath. Amen. The next last one. The spirit that inspired us when we were not born again was a spirit of rebellion. A spirit of disobedience. So what, what is the spirit that is inspiring us therefore? The spirit of obedience. Romans chapter 5 and verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. In fact, the word for many is all. Everybody in Adam is a disobedient person. So also by one man's obedience. Who that one man? Jesus Christ, right? Many will be made righteous. Okay, this is obedience. We are called to obedience. Therefore, Romans chapter 1 actually. This is Romans chapter 1 verse uh, 5, if I'm right. I forgot that verse. Romans chapter 1 verse 5 will say, be, the faith which brings about obedience. We'll not look, we'll look at that late, uh, later. Look at the call. Look at our call in 1st Peter chapter 1 again. 1st Peter chapter 1 verse 2. We who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God and the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient. You see that again? To be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled by His blood. What are we, what, what have we been called to? We've been called to a lifestyle of obedience, right? Because we were initially sons of disobedience. Now we become, become, become people of obedience. What was inspiring us was the spirit of rebellion. Now what is inspiring us is the spirit of the Holy, which is the Holy Spirit, which is given to those people who obey, right? Acts chapter 5 verse 31 and 32. God exalted him to his right hand as a, as prince and savior in order to grant repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. And verse 32. We are witnesses of these things and also the Holy Spirit whom God has given to, to those who obey him. So the spirit which inspired us was a spirit of disobedience. The spirit which inspires us is a spirit of obedience and not of rebellion. Right? And what is obedience? Obedience has to be learned and it is a state of mind. Look at what it says in Hebrews chapter 5. Who in the days of his flesh, when he offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, and verse 8, and though he was a son, yet he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So how do you know that you are a person who is obedient? You learn it through suffering by doing the things which you don't like. Most of the time. And many of us don't like to get up in the morning. We mourn in the morning. Right? <laughs> so many things we don't, do, don't want to do. And but you know what muscle is always built when you when you go against resistance, and this mind mind uh, the brain is the most important muscle. There are so many muscles in the body. Am I right, Doctor Richard? This is a muscle. Brain is a muscle. The most important muscle is this fellow. Okay. That is the reason why you see. Have you have you seen? There are many sports, but one sport which uses the mind the most. What is it? Chess. Have you seen those fellows how they how they talk? They always have a very weird posture. 
<laughs> Have you seen them? Yeah, you should see Magnus Carlsen after you after he finishes a match, if he loses or he wins, he cannot look straight. He does all that. Why? Because he's been exercising his mind, brain. So most toughest muscle. Nobody sees it because everybody sees Rafa Nadal with his biceps and uh, what's his name, uh, the football champion. For, uh, uh, no, no, not Messi. Ronaldo with all his muscles and uh, that is all external muscles, Baba. Nobody gives money for internal muscle. That is not to be seen because it's covered here. It's one of the most difficult games to play. Chess, no? 64 squares? How many possible options? Every opening has a counter. You need memory. You need tack. You need endurance. You need speed. You need presence of mind. Presence of mind. Not an easy game. No, that is, I wonder because they can't, they can't see that muscle. I, I wish there could be a projection of the muscle so that, you know, people sponsor more, uh, more of chess matches, right? This is the most important. Therefore, obedience is here. It's a state. It's a, it's a mindset. What is obedience? It is a mindset. You should, you see, obedience always starts with a decision. You decide. I want to know doctrine. What does Jesus say? If anyone wills to do my will. Why should I teach you? <laughs> and waste my time. Those days they didn't even waste their time. You want to get baptized first, then only we'll teach doctrine. Otherwise, please don't waste our time. Nowadays we have to teach and teach and then we have to get people baptized. And half those fellows, after they get baptized, they never stay in the church. I'm telling you honestly. I know so many people who got baptized in our church. I can, I'll tell you, the statistics are 10% who remain faithful to God. I'm not talking about remain faithful in the church. That's not, not what I'm talking about. 80-20 rule doesn't apply. At least 20% will be successful. Not in the kingdom of God. It's a mindset. And what are you saying when you go into the waters of baptism? I will obey. It's a state of mind. That is the reason why those who received the word of being saved from this perverse generation, what happened? They were baptized and what happened? They continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. What is happening now? They're training their mind to obey. They're making decisions. These are the decisions when these circumstances come into my life. These are the decisions I'm going to make now. Not when the circumstances come. Right now I'll make those decisions. That's what Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego say, right? We don't have to answer you in this matter. We have already made up our mind. Okay, Our God is able to save. Okay, If he wants to save, he will save us. If he doesn't want to save, hmm, forget it. But we are not going to bow down. It is a decision. It's interesting. When the, when the, when the decree was, uh, was, uh, was, uh, was made that you should not pray for 30 days, Daniel opens us and he starts praying. It's a decision he's already made. He's already made it. Obedience is a decision, is a state of mind. You already make those decisions. You know how he addresses the king, how he addresses the, addresses Daniel when he's in the lion's den. He says, Daniel, servant of the most high God, did your God whom you serve, save you. You're not my servant, Daniel. I know it. You know what? Because you bend your knee only to God. I know that. I know that very well. 
These are decisions. It's a state of mind. Therefore, it says in 1 Peter chapter 4, Therefore, since Christ also, what? Suffered in the flesh. So what should you do? Arm yourselves with the same mind. My dear brothers and sisters, this is one of the most important aspects. It doesn't come in a day. Okay? And day of reckoning will come in your life. Tests will come. Trials will come. But you already made a decision. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. This is where I'm going to stand. I better die obeying God rather than perishing, disobeying Him. No way. That is the decision. And he who has suffered in the flesh, what has happened to him? He ceased from sin. He is no longer dead in his trespasses and sins. He is alive to God in righteousness. And he's obedient. He's got a he's got a mind which is willing to suffer loss rather than compromise for little things. Verse two: That he no longer should live the rest of the rest of his time for the in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. Okay, because we have spent sufficient time. How much time? Sufficient time. I was talking to Pastor yesterday. You know what he made a statement? He said. People in this age, they have sufficient information and knowledge to finish grade 10 by 12 years, by the, by the time they are 12 years old, 12 years old. By the time your child is 12 years old, he has sufficient knowledge, sufficient information, sufficient resources to ensure that you finish grade 12. Not like our time, where to get a calculator was a big, you're buying calculator? What is that a scientific calculator? And we were doing engineering. We had the grafter and the calculator. Now people are with laptops, smartphones. In class they do 4G scams. 3G scam, 4G scam. In, during invigilation, I'm telling you, no, during invigilation, one girl, she had the objective question. She had a, a smartphone in her pocket. Searching, doing Google while writing exam. I was looking at her. I said, okay, all the time she's going to the washroom. And suddenly my colleague was suspicious. He said, sir, I think she's doing something uh, dangerous and tricky. And then indeed it was 3G scam. Girl. Immediately she was suspended for a semester. So, what, what, what did they have those days? Nothing. Now, by the time you are 12 years old, you can, I'm telling you, a lot of people waste a lot of time doing projects and some nonsense they keep doing. By the time they are 12 years old, they should have finished a lot of things. They, they didn't do it. They don't do it. They don't do it. They waste a lot of time. Sufficient. You have sufficient. You have spent sufficient time now. You look at one ad, you have committed every possible sin. Covetousness, Lusting with your eyes, greed, lying, everything is there. It's a mind. So that's the reason why it says in Philippians chapter 2, it says, let this mind, what? Be in you. Verse 5. And verse 8, 
which is also in Christ Jesus, right? And verse 8, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and was obedient. You see that again? Was obedient. Because what? It is a mindset. It is a decision. I will obey no matter what. I have so many arguments as to why I should not obey. And his arguments are absolutely valid. Lord, I never sinned. God, I never sinned. I never dishonored your name. I always brought glory to you in everything that I did. If it is possible for you, for this cup to be removed, please, can you? And he would have been perfectly righteous and just if he didn't go to the cross. But he became what? Obedient. That is what it means. It's a mindset. It was obedient. So many arguments we have as to why you should not obey. That is the reason why obedience is a mindset. Second Corinthians chapter 10. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, that, that is the reason why, you know, it says, it's arming your mind, meaning what? Making those arguments in your mind so sharp, so, so, so cutting edge, so that when you have the arguments of the enemy coming, you just slot. You just cut off its head, head first of all. Like, like, you know, Potiphar's wife will come and say so many things to Josh, uh, to, to Joseph. Cut off. Cut off with those counter arguments. Because you have a mindset to obey. You have a mindset to suffer. I would rather go to jail rather than, comp- rather than compromising. You see that? It's a mindset. We do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not what? Carnal. Why? A carnal mind is in Enmity against God, right? Are not carnal, but mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And what are the strongholds? These are counter arguments in our mind as to why we should not obey. I also can do it. That's exactly what Koran, Datan, Abiram said, right? You are only holier in Telugu. You are only holier. We are also holy. God only speaks through you, huh? That is the reason why, it's very interesting, no? It is the way of Cain, it is the error of Balaam, and the rebellion of Korah. <laughs> I mean, just, way of Cain, error of Balaam, rebellion of Korah. Way, error, rebellion. That is how it is. Because your ways are decided by the, the doctrines that you sub, sub, subscribe to, and finally, they either lead you to obedience or to rebellion. Arguments in your mind. What are the arguments? Yes, have you obeyed the commandment of God? Yes, have obeyed the commandment of God. What did I hear? What, what am I hearing? Oh, that is the best we wanted to sacrifice to God. Has God delight in sacrificing than in obedience? For rebellion is as a what? Witchcraft. And what did you do? Agagite, no? You kept agag and the rest of the best. What did I ask you to do? Finish off the Amalekites. Why are, why should we finish off the Amalekites? If you do not finish the Amalekites, the Amalekites will finish you. That's the point. If you do not win your flesh, your flesh will destroy you. For to be carnally minded is death. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. If you do not destroy the Amalekites, ultimately, Saul, the Amalekites will destroy you. Remember, remember, ultimately there was an Amalekite who said, you know what, I killed, I killed Saul. Very interesting. What, what are the Amalekites? They are after the life 
of Christ inside of you. They are after that. And what did Agag, I'm sorry, Haman the Agagite want to do? The Haman the Agagite wanted to destroy the entire Jewish people in the entire province of the world. From India to Ethiopia. I remember it's recently, no? Recent, I think two days back if I'm right. Um, the Jewish people from Northeast, they went to Israel, back to Israel. Have you seen that? They all had this chinky faces and, you know, the back, back to, I was very interesting. I saw, I, I was like, and they call themselves of the tribe of Manasseh. Manasseh. So, the entire Jews from India to Ethiopia, the entire known world then, their life was at stake. Who wanted to destroy them? The spirit of the Amalekite. And what is he after? So that if I destroy Jews, who will not come? Christ will not come. You know, Genesis 3.15, no? The seed of the serpent. Who is the seed of the serpent? The seed of the serpent is our flesh, Baba. Our flesh. Our old man, the serpent. That's the reason why the old man is growing corrupt with his deceitful desires, it says in Ephesians chapter 4. Right? So, what should we do? We have to pull down these arguments which which give us such fantastic justifications as to why we should sin. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. You see that again? It is the obedience of Christ. Those people are characterized by the spirit of disobedience. What are you characterized by? A spirit of obedience. And what are you ready to do? Verse 6. And being ready to punish all disobedience. How do you punish? Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were given the fire. Seven times hotter. We would rather die than to compromise. Okay. And what did uh, uh, Mordecai tell, uh, tell Esther? If you don't do it, deliverance will come. But you will perish. And what did she say? I perish. I perish. Being ready to punish all disobedience. When your obedience is fulfilled, the moment your obedience is fulfilled, you see some streaks of disobedience here and there, you go after that furrow and crush him. Okay. Don't give it a foothold. That is the reason why it's very important for us to be alert to teaching. Very important. Alert. Keep your minds, especially on a Sunday morning, come prepared in your mind to receive the word of God. Take sufficient rest if need be. And say, Lord, this time, if you are not rested sufficiently because if you are, because you have to work uh, in an overnight shift, ask God, Lord, give me some grace so that I'll stay awake through the service because this is life. Because the words that I speak to you, Jesus said, are what? Spirit and life. The flesh profits nothing. It destroys us. Understand that? You understand? Because the time will come and people will not be able to endure sound doctrine. What will they turn turn to? They want everything in story form. Fables. And not against story form. Stories are good. But only stories? I mean, I like... You know, last Sunday's message, was there one single joke from pastor? At least in every sermon of his, there will be at least one joke. Last Sunday was... Was fired up. Not even one single joke. That too from Pastor James. No lightness anywhere. Because it's serious. 
It must be all people who have this disobedient streak inside all of our hearts. And we should be very careful because heart is what? Yaakov. Deceitful is okay. Jacob. Scheming, conniving, trying. All the time. And making deals. Even with God. If you bless me, 10% for you only. <laughs> that is how you make deals with God. Bah! The heart is Jacob. Being ready to punish all disobedience until your, after your opinion or when your obedience is fulfilled. The moment your obedience is fulfilled, you think that you're obedient, something will come here and there. <laughs> and you'll know that you have not come to the point that you are completely obedient. So, so, so be prepared in your mind. It is a state of mind. Therefore, Romans chapter 6 will say something very interesting. Don't, do you not know that whom you present yourselves, what? As slaves. I like the word. Slaves. Boy, we are all slaves one way or the other. Okay. They give us big, big names like software engineer and software engineer and all other, other kinds of titles. Manager, senior manager, assistant, oh, okay, assistant senior manager. Then AVP, VP, P. All are slaves. But with different, fantastic titles. And also they'll have some doctorates also to embellish their uh, their slavery. Okay. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves what? As slaves to? Oh, you read that word, Baba. Obey, 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 obey. You are that one slaves whom you obey. In other words, if you obey the flesh, you are disobeying. If you obey the spirit, you are obeying. Either way, you are obeying. <laughs> and that obedience is either rebellion or submission. Now you decide whether sin leading to death. But we were delivered from what? Trespasses and sins have we been made alive, right? Or of obedience leading to righteousness. So what is the opposite of sin? Uh, no, no, no. Obedience. <laughs> What is the opposite of sin? Obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, what happened to you? You obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine to which you were delivered to and having been set free from sin, what did you become? You became slaves of righteousness. Amazing, isn't it? So, what is important therefore? Doctrine. Way of Cain, error of Balaam, Balaam and rebellion of Korah. And having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. 1 Peter chapter 1. Therefore, with minds that are alert, you know, gird your, the loins of your mind, it says in other translations. So gird the loins, the loins meaning that which comes out of your loins, the, what, what you, what you produce in your minds, because every action is a thought first. Okay. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. He's coming. How? Verse 14. As obedient children, do not conform to evil desires you have, you, you had when you lived in ignorance. 
but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do, in all manner of conduct, on all your conversation, other translations. For it is written, be holy as I am holy. And then what happens? If you are obedient, ultimately you will be ready for his coming. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently from a pure heart. So there are three things we looked at today. First thing, we were people who were dead in our trespasses and sins, we were made alive. And therefore we are not objects of wrath. We are people who are trapped by this age. And people who are trapped, trapped in this age are destined to destruction and destined to God's wrath. But we were delivered from this present evil age. And therefore we are not objects of wrath. Third, the spirit that inspired them was a spirit of disobedience and a spirit of rebellion. But we've been delivered from a spirit of rebellion and we've been given a spirit of submission and obedience. And therefore we are not objects of wrath. But objects of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ so that we are ready for his so that is the teaching for today. Question therefore we need to ask ourselves. How am I behaving? Is there more obedience? Ultimately one, one bottom line of all this. Is there more obedience? Is there a readiness to obey? That is the reason why it says in Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 12. It says it is not according to what one does not have. But what according to one has. It, if there be first what? A willing mind. There is a willing mind. Okay, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the best of the land. So this morning, even as we have looked at so many things from the word of God, one of the things that we have to constantly ask ourselves, Lord, if I am not an object of wrath, if I am an object of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ, is there increasing obedience in my life? Is there increasing submission to the word of God? Is there a spirit of obedience? Or is a spirit of rebellion? Am I putting to death the deeds of the flesh? Am I being weighed down by the things of this age? Yeah. Have I started so many things and I'm not completed? That's the reason why it says in the, 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 the cost of discipleship. You know what he says? If you have started something and you have not completed it, what will happen? People will look at it and start laughing. Incomplete houses. Lot of people have this problem. They cannot hold on to a job for more than four or five weeks. They cannot be. It's impossible. I mean, I don't know why. What mindset do they have? You know, one of, one of the first things I remember when Pastor was, when Pastor and I was discussing so, so many years back, about 10 or 12 years back, he looked at me and he said, Vijay, you come to me and you say, and you tell me that God called you to the ministry. You know what I'll tell you? First, go and finish your PhD and come. <laughs> Straight. You finish something and then come. Because a lot of people start and they don't finish. Because they're trapped by this age. And what, is it, what, is it, what does it say about Dimas? Dimas, having loved this present age, yeah, exactly. In the world we translated as world, but he was caught by this age and he forsook Paul and he left. He got other ministerial offers and he said, Tata, and resigned Paul's ministry. But there was only one minister which was authentic, at least during Apostle Paul's time. There's no other option for us. There's no plan B. Amen. So this morning, let's pray and ask God, Lord, 
let me be sure that I am not an object of wrath, but of object of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, let me be quick in my conscience and be sensitive to disobedience and sin in my own life. Because I've been made alive. I was dead in my trespasses and sins. I was a, I, I was a spiritual grave. But you made me alive. You brought me back to my senses. You granted me the gift of repentance. And I pray, Lord Jesus, as you said in your word, the gifts, gifts and callings of, callings of God are without repentance, are irrevocable. I pray, Lord Jesus, the gifts that you gave, gave us, gave us in that the gift of repentance, particularly, Father, we will use it, we will sharpen it, that we will be sensitive in our minds and in our spirits to our shortcomings, not, not for self-condemnation, because your word says, O oh Lord, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. We were people who once walked according to the course of this age, of this world, we were people, O oh Lord Jesus, who were trapped by this age. We were Our minds was completely upon what to eat, what to drink, what to wear, how much to earn, how much to, how much to, to hoard. We were never sensitive to eternal things. But Lord, in your mercy, you cause us to be born again. You, we who were dead in our trespasses and sins, you made us alive. You brought us back to our senses, O oh Lord. You made us sensitive to spiritual stimuli, especially to your word. And Lord, I pray, Father, that, Lord, we will practice the gift of repentance. That we will truly begin to change our mind even more, even as we receive the word. Father, we will not be offended, Lord, but we will become submissive. Thank you, Father. Commit each and every one of us into your hands, O oh Lord. Enable us to prove to our own selves that we are not objects of wrath, but objects of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. So that when we speak to one another, we will truly comfort each other with these words and prepare ourselves for your coming. Prepare us as a church, Lord. The days are evil. Enable us, Lord Jesus, not to waste time. Enable us to redeem every opportunity that you give us, even, even as we speak to one another. Enable us, Lord Father, that the word of God and the word of Christ will richly dwell inside of each one of our hearts so that when we speak to one another, we will admonish and encourage one another with psalms and hymns and songs of worship, making melody in our hearts, O oh Lord. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and fill us with the word of Christ. The word which is anointed, which will be able to break every yoke in our own lives and in those people whom we witness to, O oh Lord. And prepare us, O oh Lord Jesus, that that day will not take us by surprise will not be weighed down by the case of this age. For we are not objects of wrath. Because we are objects of salvation. To that end I pray that you would bless us. Prepare us. Even more. A little more. Through this day and through the coming days. Thank you Father. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory. For in Jesus mighty name we pray. And all God's children said. Amen.